Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. So. This is our super special episode. The super special E3 episode. We're going to forego all of our regular routine. All of the regular routine. No news. Out the window. I literally broke the window as I threw it out. No pick of the weeks. None of that. No listener topics. None of that. No leaks by cheeks. No leaks by cheeks. None of it. We haven't done that in a really... No, I think we did it once. We did it once, and that was like... Two years ago. No uh, no countdown or whatever it's called. <laughs> the Operation Countdown. Operation Countdown. Yep. We haven't done that no, in a while, too. No movie reviews. No movie reviews. Or game reviews. However, if you guys want to check out our review of Jurassic World, which is still fresh. Yeah. It is still uh, ripe. All right. I do have some news. I take it back. Lots of people. you want to go into the news, then? No. Just for no, a, sh- a short no, little bit? No. No. Are it's you sure? update on Jurassic are World. Sh- are you sure? So this is like a tag on to our Jurassic World. This is a whole new segment. Where we tag on to uh, <laughs> r- our re- previous reviews. So, what, what was your uh, what what was the add on? The uh, let me let me pull it up here. Let me get the the correct like the full figures. <laughs> but the uh, I do know for sure that um, Jurassic World is the biggest, the has the largest worldwide gross of any film first weekend ever. Nice. Dude, I was wondering, like, okay, so coming into this year, whenever it, like, if you look at the movies that we have that are coming out, there was Jurassic World, and then, I don't know if you've heard, Chris, but later on this year, we've got a Star Wars coming out. And I I have, have said, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I said that this could be the, like, the year that we break the record twice. Like, where you break it with Jurassic World... And then you break it again whenever it happens with Star Wars. All right, so, um, so this is so it made two hundred eight million dollars domestically in the first weekend, and five hundred twenty four point four million dollars globally, over a half a billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't I can't fathom the amount of uh, dollar bills and the uh, amount of movie tickets. That that would be if I mean, you weighed it on uh, in grams. I mean, once you get up that high, it's just kind of like I don't know. It's just it's just a lot, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I, I really think that this this could be like the 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 year where we break a big record here with uh, Jurassic World, and then that record is shattered. In uh, December with Star Wars, so uh, I yes, mean, I, I think, think that will happen. It definitely, like, I mean, Jurassic World is breaking all the all of the uh, the records. It's going to happen, and then I, again, I think that that those records will then turn around and be broken six months later. This is all true, but we're not here to talk about Jurassic World. No, we're not. We had 120 minutes of that last week. Yeah, and you should check that out on uh, on <laughs> e- your standtargerpodcast dot com yes. has all of that, or on uh, on iTunes where we we are, and on uh, Stitcher. Yep. as well so uh check check that review out that was a fun one we featured our uh our good friend cody moffett yes um but this week we're talking about e3 e3 we just got done watching i'm going to go in reverse order we watched just just, just finished the sony playstation conference mm-hmm. before that we watched the ubisoft conference ubi Be- before that we watched the e3 conference no you mean the ea ea conf- I think conference we always do this every year yep. we always misname them before that we watched the Microsoft conference, and then last night we watched the Bethesda conference. All of this is true. The only two conferences that we are missing are Nintendo 
and there are three, uh, Square, actually. Square Enix. Oh, and PC. And PC. Yeah. Uh, we will discuss those next week. Yeah. Um, but Chris, yeah, what a day it has been. It has been a wild day. I propose that we do this a little differently, differently than we've done it before. Okay. Before we've kind of like gone through all the different publishers in a very like chronological order. Yeah. Well, maybe not, not necessarily chronological, but we've gone in a, like a very, um, methodical fashion. Segmented. I say we mix it up this year. Ooh. We take all of the, the announcements and all of the press conferences, throw them into a big blender and... Put it on puree. Yeah, well, maybe not that, but we talk about the most important ones to us. I like That's it. what people really come here for. Oh yeah, is our yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, and uh, and our analysis, not necessarily um, just us reciting what happened today. So, Chris, yes, here's my question to you in mm-hmm. this this proposed format, which mm-hmm. I I like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start with our like big picks of yes. the uh, of the show, or should we tease that? Or for the should end? we wait until the very last thing? I don't know, man. It just it just or should we put it somewhere in the middle? No, I say we just start with it. All right, let's, so let's, we'll let's just, just kind of talk just here. On, yeah, let's, let's just just be a natural conversation. I like it from the day. I like it, Chris. Of what we what we kind of like saw and thought. So rapid fire, tell me what your favorite thing was. Oh man, I don't. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't know what my favorite thing was. I know what my favorite things were. Okay, so so tell me about your. <laughs> tell me about a few of your favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Um, okay, so let's just like in my mind some of the things that stand out. You know, like first and foremost, Gears of War four coming in. Uh, 2016 that trailer was like a horror movie it was so wild like i uh whenever we first started watching it i was like man this does not feel this does not feel like a gears like i mean obviously like whenever he steps out of the shadows and you see the chain gun or the chainsaw gun and you're just like yeah this is gears and then like it goes into this weird like they're hunting this thing and it feels so different uh it tonally and it was really pretty that's another thing that I noticed was there was all this particle effects, the lighting coming through the trees from the moon, um, all this stuff. And you're right. It did feel like kind of like a horror kind of game, which is which is like a new thing for Gears. Um, and then later on in the trailer, it did get into some kind of traditional Gears stuff where it opens up and things just start attacking you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, but, yeah, it definitely has this kind of tone that is new and fresh. And I like it. Yes, this is true. They also announced the Gears of War Ultimate Edition um, multiplayer beta was available today. I haven't checked to see if it's if, if it's like a download on the dashboard or uh, how that's working. I don't know either. I, I didn't see it on the dashboard whenever I was just on uh, the Xbox, but uh, there was an E3 section, um, and there is an E3 like daily show that they're doing. Um, so maybe it's it's in there, like maybe it's in that section of the store or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, let's. I'll do one more. Okay. My second most anticipated game out of all of this today is the new South Park game. Oh, wow. Okay. Dude, I was surprised that that got announced. I was too. Like, I thought Trey and Matt were done. And Aisha Tyler basically said as much. I mean, like, they complained so much after it was, or during the process, and they're like, we're never making it a game again, ever. And uh, they basically, uh, they bas- well, they, they said, you know, we learn, finally learned how to make a game by the end of the process, so we were just like, well, let's just do it again. Let's go into the process knowing how to make one from the beginning. Yeah. See how that goes. It's not, um, it's not Obsidian this time. I also think, though, that, uh, that going into this, they probably were offered a uh, truckload of money. 
um, from Ubisoft as well. Like I think that they're, they, they, you know, they wouldn't have done it if it wasn't worth their time either, you know? So I think the first project, uh, while, you know, they, they definitely made money on that game and like that game did very well. Um, I think that like it was also a passion project that they had going for a really long time because it's what, like the you, first one, yeah, especially the first well, one. Well, like, no, so the first one. This is the story. of The first one. Okay. First one, um, Obsidian game, or I don't even know if Obsidian was working on it in the beginning, but no, because it was bought from THQ. So THQ yeah. owned it. Okay, um, they got uh, they had a, went into bankruptcy, sold off all their assets. Two um, K grabbed it, and Obsidian's. Uh, started working on it and developing it. Somewhere along the way, <laughs> Matt and Trey didn't like the direction of the game. Mm. And it was honestly, it was the year that it was supposed to release. And they came in and started you know, like uh, basically getting their hands dirty and actually like helping develop, actively develop the game. And mm. it was delayed by over a year. Yeah. It's like not coming out anymore. Sorry. It's getting pushed back uh, over a year. And during that year, Matt and Trey crafted it into what they wanted the game to finally be. That's awesome. And so I think, yeah, like, uh, I bet you, number one, you're right. It did so well that Ubisoft is like, hey, make another one, we'll pay you money. Um, Number two, I think Matt and Trey, like like anyone, if you put in that much work into figuring something out, like, you know, how to make a game, you want to actually use it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, dude. Um, I was just surprised that it, like, this soon, too. Like, I mean, that was, like, last year, and now they're announcing the game. Like, I wonder how, like, if they're in development on it, or, I mean, if, like, if they're just kind of ramping this up and we won't see it for another couple years. Was it I last mean, year? Just I feel like it was two years ago. Uh, I want to say, I mean, it was, uh, it might have been two years ago. You might be right. So this new game is called, I'll look that up in a second. This new game is called South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Um, yeah, let's see here. South Park, The Stick of Truth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, March 4th, 2014. Okay. So it was last year. So it was last year. Yeah, it was late, like early, early last year. So, yeah. I mean, just, the, the, I don't know. I just don't know when we're going to see this game. But announcing it now is is amazing. Yeah. So cool. True. Um, <laughs> They made, a, they were funny while saying, hey, go pre-order our game. Dude, um, so can I? I, I want to tell you about one of my yes, games. Yes. Okay. So there was two games that surprised me that were complete surprises. Okay. That I'm amped for. Um, the first one is Firewatch mm-hmm. um, from Sony's press conference. Mm-hmm. This game looks so cool, and I've I, I've heard numerous things about it um, on the internet, but it's like I hadn't seen the trailer, I hadn't seen anything from it, but Firewatch is this game where it's a first-person game, um, kind of has this like really very like, uh, I don't know, what, how would you call the art style? I mean, it's like, it's... I mean, it's kind of cel-shaded, but not really. Right. Um... I mean, like a lot yeah. of the environments, it felt like it's brightly colored, and it's a, it's got a very kind of a Pixar-ish kind of planes, maybe uh, type of a vibe uh, yeah. to a lot of the environments and things. Um, the way that the the rock formations are made and things. Um, but then, like. Uh, y- like you're talking on this radio to someone who's in a different Firewatch tower, and it, the, a mystery ensues. I don't know if she's in a Firewatch tower. I think she's like at home base or something. Like that. I gotcha. So, but it's like, yeah, and then a mystery ensues, and it's just like I'm so intrigued yeah. by this. I want to go play it right now. Right. Um. I think like there's a little bit of like personal choice involved, like in your interactions with the person on the other end of the the walkie-talkie, and so I mean, yeah, these two characters just in their relationship and things. I just want to investigate this and see what this is like. Um, 
And whatever the mystery is, that's just kind of bonus, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, the other game that was a complete surprise uh, to me was uh, the new game. Um, it's a Sony game. Let me see. It was from it was Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looked amazing. From Gorilla Games? Yes. And so this is a game that has like... It has these these mechanized creatures, um, and it's it's in the far flung future where humanity has uh, lost power and all this stuff, and it's it's uh, the basically the environment has grown back up over major cities and things, and we've reverted to bows and arrows and spears and like a mixture of uh, cool futuristic technology and kind of a uh, uh, cave person uh, combat you know <laughs> it's just like you're running around here and they've got like wolf skins for hats and stuff and they've yeah. got spears and the, the bows and arrows and stuff but they've also got explosive things it looks yeah. like um so like, yeah i mean that just looked so cool where where you're taking down this big mechanized dinosaur looking thing um by tying it down to the ground and, and you're trying to i don't even know what the concept of the story is are you just trying to survive what is this exactly like i don't know what the game's purpose actually is the storyline if you will right. but uh but i do know there's cool dinosaur-ish mechanized beast battles yeah those are some great games for sure I'm super excited about all of them. Let's let's kind of uh, let's talk about the biggest um, announcements of this uh, this year so far. Oh man! So um, we have the big exclusives. So yep. we have uh, Halo Five Guardians from yep. Microsoft. They showed us um, some multiplayer stuff that honestly looked a lot like kind of Titanfall. I think what do they call that? Oh, the uh, was the it Warzone, the big battle. This is the first time that they've had huge battles in a, in a Halo game, and it was twenty four person battle. Um, and so there's all this stuff happening. There's v- big, large vehicle combat and stuff. Yeah. So it's called Warzone. Yeah. But the, well, they made a specific. The reason I say it's very Titanfall esque is because they, uh, the taglines that they were using was player versus player meets meets player versus everything, mm. which means yeah versus the environment versus the uh, the computer, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure, dude. And it's like there was there was that. Um, and I also thought there was a little bit of that same sort of a thing going on with like the battlefront. Uh, like there's mm-hmm. definitely some AI, uh, your like player versus AI going on in battlefronts too. So I think that's a big, uh, to some extent, kind I don't of know like how a next gen thing. You don't, you don't think like very much. No, I didn't. I don't like most, most of everything I saw had player names over it. I don't know though. Like, I think there were like a lot of, uh, a lot of small people that you were like rolling grenades at and just kind of taking out and that sort of, but they were like, I don't know. I'll have, I would have to go back and watch, but I thought for for some reason I was thinking that there was uh, quite a lot of AI kind of going in that. Too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but think about how much stuff is going on in like you know battlefield. You're right. You're huge right. Can, um, multiplayer maps. Yeah, and whenever you get like that many people, because they can have these big battles with their engines and things. Whenever you can have that many real players, there isn't necessarily a need to fill out a bunch of stuff with uh, with AI necessarily. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the division. Yeah. The Division, man. Uh, this is a game that you and I have been excited about for a really long time. Yes. They introduced a new part of The Division um, <laughs> where you can get to the end of a level and not only steal someone else's gear, like you know, people who are not on your team, but also steal your own team member's gear. Yeah. Like leave the party or group or whatever. Whatever it's called. And kill them and steal their gear. Yep. 
I don't like this. This is <laughs> this is a weird mechanic. Like my initial thought, you know, we had a lot of like tweets. We were live tweeting the, all of the press conferences and things, and so follow that on uh, at Stay on Target Pod. And one of my thoughts was like, this is. It just it takes the uh, gameplay, the, the already intense gameplay of the division, and it ups the ante. It makes it super stressful, it especially me- <laughs> if you're playing with yourself, like by yourself, or with even like a couple of your friends. It makes me really nervous whenever I get to the end of a match. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like watching everybody like a hawk. Yeah. Be it's like, like you, 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 have your, you have your gun up and ready, and you know until you stare into your eyes. Yeah, it's like, does he look like he's gonna he's gonna do this? Are we gonna dance? The tumbleweed rolls I'll by. Go, I'll just go hide every every time. Let's go hide behind a vehicle or something, dude. I mean, I don't know, man. I, that's what it's gonna come down to. The other aspect of this is like, okay, so if you go into this this dark zone and then you get the loot and you're waiting to be helicoptered out, right? Yeah. So even if you do steal everyone else's loot. Is the is is that worth it? Like, is it truly worth it to uh, to go through all the trouble, potentially lose your progress by by dying somehow, by them killing you first? Um, is it is it worth it? I guess is my thing. Like the the loot for this system to be truly like sinister or to be truly like effective, it's gonna have to be worth a decent chunk I mean, well, if yeah, you get other people's loot. You think about. Well, I mean, in that in the demo that they played, he ran off with four other people's loot. Yeah. And, I mean, that, it's going to be substantial. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth it, like you said, because not only have you um, killed some other players and you kind of have to go through that whole thing and risk your, your the life of your character and your own loot, you have also probably burned the bridges of the team that you were on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're never asking you back. Oh, totally. Uh, well, so this, this it's a big the other risk. Thing, like, thinking about like Destiny, like if you think about the loot game with Destiny and the and the uh, the MMO aspect of that, like you're inviting people into your your strike teams and your raids so you, that you can complete certain missions all the time. Like all the time, you're like, oh, and this is just a friend of a friend who I played with this one time or or whatever. You know, it's like you're yeah. inviting. You know, sometimes you're sending out kind of random invites, and in this game, that's not gonna fly because no. it's like, you know, you know, who do you? Who, how do you know this person is kind right. of the first question that I would ask if somebody's like, yeah, let me send out an invite to my buddy. Right. It's like, how do you know him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Is Do he going to trust him like, with your child? Are they going to be fine or are they going to steal our stuff? Did you, you know? live in your house? Right. You know, it's like, at, at what level do you trust this person? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it introduces this level of, uh, of stress to the game that it's interesting. Like this is the first time where like something has come up with this game where I've not immediately just been like, yes, yeah. you know, cause this time I'm just like, this is intricate. I like it, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, you talked about mentioned destiny for a second. Uh, Sony showed off destiny's new expansion, the taken King in their, um, conference. <laughs> So let's talk mm. about this for a second. We you had some in-depth thoughts about this. Yeah, well, you know, first thing, I'm excited that this new Destiny content, it's a new raid, new story missions, They're what they're calling a new location, and that it's a new ship that probably has like three or four like different things on. Maybe the raid is located there, I'm not really sure. It's a ship that's floating out in the rings of Saturn, is the way it's described online. Um, all for $40. So let's talk about the price for a second. What they have described is almost the same amount of content as the first expansion pack, The Dark Below, where there's mm. story content, mm. there's a raid, mm. there's new weapons and gear, there's mm. a new strike. Mm. Um, 
the only difference that I can see is new subclasses for your individual characters and potentially a new location quote unquote like the dark below had a couple of new areas that opened up uh but they were just like an extra room right um so my my question is like okay so you know that was twenty dollars is it worth another twenty dollars or are three new subclasses and a quote unquote location worth another twenty dollars Man, I don't know because this thing's forty dollars. Also, the way that they they priced it, they're coming out with basically a game of the year edition of Destiny that includes the first two expansions and now this expansion and the base game for sixty dollars. Yeah, this is by on its own is forty dollars. They're basically saying if you have bought in the past year Destiny's base game and the two expansions. Spent a hundred dollars doing it. The value it's now has worth depreciated. Yeah, yes. the value has depreciated by eighty percent. Yeah, probably is that because a yes. hundred bucks. Like if you yeah. spent a hundred dollars yeah. on the game, sixty bucks on the initial game if you bought it at launch, and then twenty dollars on the first DLC, twenty dollars on the next DLC. If you bought the season pass, you saved like five dollars or something. And so basically a hundred dollars, and now they're yeah. saying that that content is only worth twenty dollars. It ain't worth squat. And it's like, hmm, this is interesting. And I okay, so on the flip side of this, I respect the idea of not tr- of trying to do anything to keep your player base from being segmented, um, to trying to keep it you know as as accessible to new players to just co- low cost of entry, just get in. Yeah, um, I, I respect that, but in doing that, they've they've then somewhat disrespected, I think, the players who've been there from day one. Um, in in some ways, like they're not respecting necessarily your your wallet or your or you know all of this the, the time that you've put into this thing. So yeah. it's really interesting. Like there's this the balance, and I don't know if they've quite struck it yet. And we even saw with the first expansion, there was a lot of uh, a lot of the Destiny players who were upset about how they handled some of the uh, the upgrade system in that. Which they largely fixed with the second DLC, but it is interesting that their first impulse is not to um, honor the player base that they have had all along. Yeah, it's just interesting, you know, and we'll see how it goes. Like, you know, you said something like we haven't figured out necessarily where the price point for this stuff should be. Right. I think they're going in the wrong direction, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, $20 felt expensive in the first place, yeah. and uh, then we're jacking it up twice as much for almost the same amount of content. I don't know. It just seems like it's just a lot, man. So uh, I think the math broke down to like, if, if you look at like the expansions, $20 expansions and you bought the initial game for 60 bucks, uh, it, you should be getting at least a third of the content that you got with the original game. You should be technically dollar for dollar. Is it a good value? Yeah. And it's like it, each expansion has maybe not quite gotten there because it doesn't have the same number of story missions, doesn't have the same number of strikes as a third of the original game, but it's like, you know, you, you, we pay it, and we've been paying it, and it's, it's a really good game. And I think that if you go into this and you haven't bought Destiny yet, and you buy like this this entire package for 60 bucks in on September or whatever it is, man, you just bought a solid, awesome game that like you are going to be playing for months. Yeah, for sure. That being said, though, like it's hard to make a comparison like that because, you know, like... You can't make a one-to-one comparison in terms of cost Correct. to the base game and then this. You know, like, it takes a lot to develop this kind of stuff, to keep the Correct. studio going, support, and all that kind of stuff. And I understand that. Um, it's just uh, it's just difficult to swallow a $40 price tag with what they showed. And they honestly didn't even show that much. Mm-mm. I was kind of disappointed by how much they showed at um, Sony's conference. Sony also revealed Uncharted, or some more gameplay from Uncharted 4. Yeah. Looks really, really cool, Oh, dude. my goodness. Um 
they uh, had a chase scene on foot and then in vehicles that you can actually drive around. Man, the thing that I loved about this particular demo, well, first of all, it had a, had a small hiccup at the beginning where uh, it just like didn't start. Yeah, which is funny because this is like the <laughs> second conference that they've had a hiccup. I think at the PlayStation Experience, they yeah. fell through the world or something like that. Yeah, and so like this is the second one they had a hiccup at the beginning, but once it got going, man, whoo, the fluidity. Of yeah. this game, like the uh, the traversing, jumping over tables, jumping out windows, uh, swinging along edges, and then they hop into a vehicle. Yeah, they hop into a jeep and start driving this thing around. And the the incredible uh, amount of destructibility in the environment was just impressive. Like I was so impressed by the fact that you're driving around and. The moment that I really noticed it was whenever they went through, like, the, there were all these clotheslines in this alley, and they, they hang this left, and they go through this alley, and here comes a clothesline that is, like, draped over the front of the vehicle and was, like, you know, whipping around in the wind until it inevitably, like, falls off or, like, you know, gets gets off in the, in the wind somewhere. And I was just like, my goodness, this is just impressive from a, uh, from a processing standpoint of this environment is just so real. Yeah. Um... There was also a moment with mud, like where they go through the mud in it, and you yeah. see the tire tracks like left yeah. behind behind the vehicle, and they just look so real. Man. <laughs> impressed by tire tracks. Dude, so. I'm impressed by the stupidest <laughs> things sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know if the tire tracks impressed me, but yeah, it, it was definitely like a very dynamic kind of chasing. And while it's very traditional Uncharted, where, where it funnels you down this path that they want you to take, it's just so action-packed, man, that you just can't help but love it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the game that I was most impressed by the look of was Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. That stuff looks it's real. Sure. It That's looks true. real. It yeah. looks like real planets. It looks like real stormtroopers. And I, and I like, I for a second I thought, okay, I, f- I think the reason it, it, a lot of the reason it looks real is because you are fighting things like stormtroopers, where it's like it just needs to be a texture. Versus like whenever you see Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, it's very obviously looks like a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look as real. But so like whenever they, you know, you're looking at just the texture off the helmet or the the armor, kind of looks a little more real. But the environments, man. It yeah. looks so real. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it was so weird whenever we're looking at like the reflections in the helmets and and some of the shadowing and things on some of these planets. It's just like, what in the world? I think another reason why the stormtroopers in particular look real and the laser blasts and like all this stuff kind of looks real is because we're used to seeing stormtroopers somewhat CG anyway. Yeah, that's um, true. And so like in in like the prequels and things we saw, like the clone troopers and things, they were all kind of CG. And so we're used to seeing that kind of blend of the real and the it, but it's like you're right the environment if you just looked at this environment and started moving around this thing it it looks like a movie yeah it looks like a star wars movie uh, like you know and we'll kind of i guess be able to kind of gauge this after the game comes out probably there'll probably be some more developer diaries or something as we get closer but it, it'll be interesting to see how much input lucasfilm actually has into this movie or sorry game in terms of the graphics and design and stuff like that because you know they talk about how they've partnered with them on the locations and the gear and all that kind of stuff but like no frostbite um uh powered game has looked to this good yeah uh, and that can't be the only thing that's making this look good, right? And and a lot, yeah, because you're right. A lot of their games are frostbite games, and even like they every year, whenever a uh, or every time a battlefield comes out, 
battlefields don't look this real, you know? And so you just wonder how much of, of a, a, from an art direction standpoint did, uh, Lucasfilm take it. And I, you know, they've, like you said, they, they mentioned, especially on, uh, what is it? Solust, uh, the, uh, Solust. Solust, yeah. The, uh, Solust. is it Solust? Yes. Solust? I believe so. Okay. The, the new location that we haven't visited in the movies, I think they visited it on the Clone Wars maybe once, mm. um, but on the, at least they reference it a couple times, but uh, they might visit it. But they said that they talked to them very, you know, closely to get that right because it had never appeared before. And right. so I think that, you know, Lucasfilm's not going to let something like that go where it's, you know, this game is going to set the tone for something later on in the movies and stuff. Right. So um, that they might possibly ever visit. Right. Um, and so, I mean... You just wonder how much of an input they had on everything. Yeah. But dude, so good. Yeah. There's a couple questions I have about it. Yes. And first of all, how do you play as Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker? And we talked about that a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Like, I haven't explained that yet. Yeah. We talked about, like, okay, is it a, is it a kill streak? Is it some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, something you call in? Or yeah. Some, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that necessarily works. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, because, some- because and it, I mean, you wouldn't think that there'd be able to be more than one Luke right. Skywalker running around at a time, anyway. Right. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how that how that's necessarily determined. Are you randomly chosen? Like, right. does that happen sometimes? Yes. Um, another question I had about uh, about this was, whenever you look at the the game that they've pitched, they pitch this highly multiplayer game, and then you have this kind of co op mode that's horde mode and that's what we were viewing in this uh, the uh, playstation uh the sony press conference mm-hmm. was it, i think it was a not a direct like hey you're against the uh enemies you're against like ai or it was like a horde mode or whatever um but it's like what is that like on a like day-to-day level do you keep playing the same missions over and over are there yeah. different missions that you can do in the same maps like what are you know what's the Tell me about more of like what the package is. Did we I even think. get a firm release date for it? Um, yes, uh, I think we do. Let for Battlefront, look. let me look and see. Okay, I'm not sure if we did. You might be right. Now, as you're talking about that, you know something that we didn't get a firm release date for was Tomb Raider, um, and I was honestly very surprised about that. I think like the, okay, so there has been some marketing. They didn't mention it in the press conference, okay, so which we is did, suspicious. So we haven't, but so we haven't gotten the the official official. But there was like some uh, some marketing materials that were released that it was the same day as uh, Fallout, uh, 4. Fallout Four. What are we talking about right now? Tomb Raider. Uh, Tomb Raider. Or? Okay. Oh, I was yeah. Tomb Raider. They they're they're definitely holding off from it, and they're not going to release it the same day as Fallout. I 4. can't imagine because that, that was the plan though, because like that's what the marketing materials people got was, and then in the conference they were they, they didn't say a word about whenever. Right. It was well, they out. said holiday. They made it was very clear it was holiday. Yeah. You know, so I mean, they're not going to go up against Fallout Four, um, and I so if it, if they were planning that, they're moving it somewhere else. Maybe they're just trying to figure out where to move it. Yeah. I mean, I, what do you think? Earlier, later? Uh, just kind of depends. You know, like. November 17th for Battlefront, by the way. Interesting. Um, so, like, if I'm if I'm releasing Tomb Raider, I'm releasing it, you know, probably as close to December as I can. Um, so, honestly, I just screwed it a few, a few, uh, a few weeks before Fallout 4. I don't know what else is there. Mm. Um, so but, you push it up. Like, you move it up in the... Oh, uh, yeah. You don't go after, I don't yeah. think. And, and this is the thing. I think... They, both games have different audiences. Yeah. Um, the action adventure crowd is not necessarily the open world um, shooter crowd. And so, true. 
I don't think they have to worry a whole lot about each other, but there will be a lot of bleed over. And if I am Tomb Raider, I'm going to get in there first. Honestly, yeah. you know, like I think that they need to get in there first and then they need to like make a big push um, as far as marketing goes around Black Friday when people are doing holiday shopping. Yeah, I agree. And it, so you look at and that like, goes for any of these games, right? Of course. Well, this fall is so packed with like lots. I mean, you got Halo, you've got Tomb Raider, you've got uh, Forza Six, which we no, this can talk is all about. from Microsoft. Yeah, it's all from Microsoft, and then we've got Battlefront. We've got, I mean, just a ton of games. Right. Um. So, I would get away from. For, I, I I would do the same. I would do anything I could to push Tomb Raider up uh, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. That'll make all the difference in the world for that game because you're right. There is while they're not the same game, and while they don't appeal to the same. Uh, the same like if i'm in the mood to play a fallout game like an open world shooter i'm gonna be in the mood to play that game but i'm that doesn't mean that that like i use all of my tomb raider energy to play this game you know it's right. like i'm still gonna want to play tomb raider but it's just a, you know that fallout is such a large game and it's such a um, massive uh time suck that it's like People aren't going to have a ton of time. And so I think you're right. Like they're getting that holiday crowd where it's like, hey, get the, you know, everybody's buying this game for other people where it's like, hey, there's a new Tomb Raider. I'm going to buy that for for Chris. Mm -hmm. And then I give that to you while you may be playing uh, Fallout for a couple of months. You still have Tomb Raider and you're still going to play that game. Right. Um, The only other reason why I wouldn't push it back into 2016 is because that you've got. Uh, no, no. You've got Uncharted that you're running into. You're not, you're, they're not pushing it. No one's and, pushing. Like, there's a lot of talk out there and a lot of buzz. People are like, oh, man, get out of the way of Fallout 4. No one's pushing games back no. at this point because that was something that people were pulling last year, and I think it hurt hurt them. You know, we pushed a lot of things into spring 2015, and it hurt, th- hurt them. You think about Evolve specifically. Yeah. It had so much buzz coming out of E3 mm. and a lot of buzz, you know, all the way even into the fall season, and they've pushed it back into the spring, and it sold like crap. There were a lot of things that hurt Evolve, though. There was, like, they just oh, like they overdid the betas. I mean, while they were using the betas as, like, marketing, but it's like by the time that game actually came out, I felt like I'd played it. True, but it's not the only one. Same thing happened with the crew. You know, you push you push the crew into you know it's supposed to be holiday last year as well, and we played the beta, and it was you know basically the same game right. um, in fall last year as it was in spring whenever it finally released, and it did crap. Yeah, you know, and so I mean, it doesn't hurt. I think if you're pushing back a game for its merits, you know, like to make the game better. That's okay. Well, I think you also look at Batman. Like you look at Batman. We'll see how Batman sells next week. Whenever it comes, Batman's going to do awesome. Oh, it's it's going to do it. But it's like I think that the, there was a level of excitement whenever it was like, hey, it's coming out in October. Whereas like now, there's a little bit of little bit more of like, man, we, that's been coming around for like this is the second E3 that we've seen it, and uh, there was a lot of time spent on it in this uh, E3, which I thought was I a little, call. It wasn't a lot of time. It was like three minutes. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's, I don't know. I, I felt thought, felt like it could have been a little bit shorter for some reason. Like I mean, I just felt like it was a little bit more than I had wanted. I mean, it was kind of show. It, like I think what it did was it showcased um, Scarecrow in a way to kind of like get the scarecrow mission the exclusive stuff yes in your mind and so that you're like oh yeah i need to buy this on playstation 4 interesting for, you know as rather than um xbox one you know, like you know that especially like that got pushed back but that got pushed back for creative reasons not to get out of the way of something i think it's a mistake like i, I would i would launch things sooner but and we always this is the thing we would we, we used to say this about call of duty we said yeah. this about grand theft auto and yes 
people get out of the way of them kind of but people like other games can still succeed at the same time that's true that's true and you look at like you look at uh games that launch earlier or games that launch kind of in in a window where there's there's less like think about destiny destiny kind of struck first last fall yeah um they're a huge game yeah. Um, and then uh, around that same time, we had uh, Sunset Overdrive, and it's like while that sold well, it didn't do didn't do bad numbers. Um, it it wasn't like this huge hit, huge phenomenon or anything. You know, it's uh, so I mean. You know, you look at a lot of factors there, and I, you know, whether it's around these other big releases, it doesn't matter as much as it could because it's like yeah. a, a person at this point has already like most gamers who are hardcore gamers have already decided what they're going to buy. And it's like, I've already decided the four games probably that I'm going to buy five games. I'm going to buy this year, you know, or this fall or whatever, whenever they come. I out. mean, it maybe if they're planners, like, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of gamers will look at the games like, oh, okay, I want this one, this one, this one. I don't know right. if they're a, a budgeting their time, B budgeting their dollars because you know, you, you kind of just like, okay, well it comes out and either you have the money for it or you don't at the time. And you know, it kind of just depends or you have the time for it or you don't, or it's like, if it comes out and you're in the heat of this other game and you're like, man, I I don't have any time to spend on, uh, the Witcher or something like, you know, something that's a huge game or something like that. And you're, cause you're already spending your time on this other one. It's like, Hey, I'll I'll buy it whenever I have time. And then it's gone, you know? So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think where where that situation kind of breaks down, you're, you're right, is whenever they run into each other because, like, okay, there's two releases within two weeks of each other. That's probably one paycheck for people who get paid every two weeks or something like that. So, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, I have I have money to buy one of these. Which one am I going to buy? That's whenever they make that decision, like, spur of the moment. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, it, it's always interesting to me to see, like, you know uh, – Week one sales versus, you know, like, okay, I think the reason that Microsoft uses terminology like holiday 2015 is so that people think of things like Tomb Raider in terms of buying this as a gift yeah. or asking for it for Christmas. Yeah. Like they try to get in that, your, in that in your head. So you're like, oh, it's the holidays. I should be playing Tomb Raider. Right. Well, and, and they also space out their games a lot. Like, I mean, if you look at the three big releases they have, like they're about a month apart right now. Like where we have, uh, we have Forza. They have four big releases. Uh, what's the fourth one? The uh, remastered um, Gears of War. That's right. That's right. When does that come out though? I'm not sure. I mean... I don't know. It's, it's right on. But anyway, so like the, the big three kind of big new games, not not a re-release or whatever, not a remastering. Um, it, Forza, and then a, you have uh, your Halo, and then you have your Tomb Raider. And so like those three, it's like they're spaced out enough to where if you wanted to buy them like one right after the other, it's going to be a good time. Like you can just buy your Microsoft games basically and play one for a month, and the next one for a month, and the next one for a month. You know, it's, so it's like they're spaced out enough to where that works. But then again, if you uh, say, you know, you buy one and then somebody wants to, you, like you're a, you're a kid, you know, looking for, for some, some presents or whatever, you ask for another one for Christmas or something. You say, Hey, this is uh, this is one of the three that I didn't get to play, and I would love to have that for for the holiday. So I think you're right there. Like it's it's more like, hey, let's get more games out in within the holiday season and that whole fall stretch um, to get it before the end of the year. You know, yeah. it's like to 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 get them to purchase before the end of the year. So that, I mean, that's a great strategy. Yeah. So let's move on to um, another. We already talked about it a little bit. Another big release is Fallout Four. Yeah. Um, Bethesda revealed this yesterday. They revealed it in a big way with 
these big trailers. They're supporting it with like f- with free apps. One yeah. called Fallout Shelter, which is actually really fun to play. Have you um, played it? Yeah, you can you can download it on iOS or on Android, and it's it's a lot of fun. You can build your own vault, take care of it, all this kind of stuff. It reminds me of Tiny Tower. Yeah. In terms of like gathering resources. Um, putting people where they belong, you know, like where they will work better. They have all have different attributes, cool. and so it's it's cool like that in a kind of a resource management, people management kind of way. Um, it goes down into the ground rather than up into the sky, but it's very much the same kind of principles. Um, I also uh, uh, think that they did a great job um, getting people excited about it. So not only do we see these huge trailers. We get that free app. They talk about you know this app that's going to come with the game. It's like the Pip Boy. Then they show the Pip Boy like in the limited edition um, yeah. game, and then the, you know we see how it interacts with the game, and it's just like this is amazing. And then they show more like gameplay footage uh, during the Xbox conference, which I was kind of confused by. Yeah, I don't know that there's even Xbox exclusive content. Um, no, other than the fact that they announced the, the mods were going to work on Xbox one, which is a huge announcement, but they didn't say that it wouldn't work on PS4. Exactly. And I think that they, uh, I think Kotaku had a uh, article like, uh, like later after that today. And then where they talked to him and said, they said, Oh, well we want to bring that eventually to PS4 as well, Okay, but it's going to be sometime after it comes to, first on- yeah, so I it's mean- like it's first, but it's like, it's not like that's, it's a deal that they've made. It's just like, Hey, it's going to be easier to do it on Xbox because of the, uh, windows 10 infrastructure. Yeah. I, I think that's, that, that's what it comes down to is, um, the windows 10 integration in terms of Xbox and PC is going to be a lot closer than you and I or anyone even imagines. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure how it's going to work, but like, you know, you have uh, Microsoft announced that players on Windows and on Xbox can play Fable Legends together. Yeah. Um, and so. So and the handshake there is there's some sort of a good handshake. Yeah. They've also talked about how you can stream your Xbox games onto your, your Windows yeah. uh, 10 computers. You know, so like that's just crazy too. Yeah. So, like, we'll see how that ends up working out. But Fallout 4 looks really, really cool. It's going to be, like, it's a huge, I mean, it has, you know, crafting and building and build your own defenses and all this kind of stuff. It also has, you know, like, customization in terms of your weapons. They said 50 weapon types with over 700 different modifications for each one. Wild. You have um, customizable armor. Uh, you have the dog. <laughs> um, what looks to be like a huge storyline. Yeah, they said like... <laughs> They said that all of this is all optional. Like, I mean, it's like yeah. all of this kind of like the crafting and the uh, the defense and stuff. It's like if you just want to get in and do the story, you can totally right. just do the story. If you just want to get in and craft and do that whole thing, you can do that whole. It's like basically they've they've created a game that is like sixteen games in one yeah. with all the depth of everything. Right. You know, and it's like, and I love the uh, the in the trailer. It looked like there's going to be a lot of like personal choice involved, where maybe you don't have to have a dog companion if you don't want you can to. Probably just shoot him if want to yeah you can probably like i like one of the options is probably like just ignore the dog altogether right you know so the um like what the what what i think is going to happen with this this is like okay if i start playing this game this is what's going to happen okay so i'm going to start collecting all this this gear and i'm going to start modifying it and all that kind of stuff and then it's gonna be like well you can't carry this much so then i'm gonna have to put it all in some kind of like some kind of container some kind of place to keep it safe well i'm gonna have to like build defenses to keep it safe now minecraft because like otherwise people are gonna come and steal it because they said like they were very definitive and they said you will be raided um 
And so it's like, okay, well, I got to defend myself. And yeah. then, then I like, okay, well, I might have this house. I might as well decorate it. And so then I build all these decorations. You know, it's just, it's just snowballs, man. It's straight up Minecraft. Like it's, it's yes, it's, it's Minecraft with like an open world shooter. It's wild. Yes. I mean, it's just like that, that the whole resource management and the storage. And I mean, that just gets me thinking of as far as like, okay, well, where am I going to put this? I got to find the perfect place in this world to put this yeah. because, because like, you can't just settle anywhere. It's not like you just build your, build your house no, wherever no, you, no. you're going to try to find the right location. The most defensible location. Yeah, and until you find the right location, yeah. you're going to be wandering out there with all of your stuff right. on you or hidden in some hole somewhere. Well, that's the other thing too. Like, so then they start saying, well, <laughs> then you have people that will start coming to your settlement Damn. and then you can have to grow food to support them and it's just like this is just a whole ecosystem that Sin i don't know that, City? I even, that i even asked for in this game <laughs> it's just like there's a lot of responsibility i just wanted to shoot people man just, and have a place to store my guns wanted a cool story i end up mayor of chrisville <laughs> post-apocalyptic chrisville <laughs> yes uh, oh, yeah geez. so it looks a lot of like a lot of fun yeah um, uh okay so sony's potentially in my mind sony's biggest announcement mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about okay the last Guardian. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, Six years. Finally, it is here. Um, I was a little un- underwhelmed. Yep. Uh, let's put it lightly. That's awesome. Um, so here. <laughs> the demo or whatever that was wasn't very impressive in terms of gameplay or excitement or graphics or so anything. It looked. Okay. So my thought immediately was this literally looks like the exact same thing that we saw six years ago, which six years mm-hmm. ago, whenever, whenever you originally saw it, it's like, okay, this is next gen. Like whenever you were seeing it, then you were like, this is better graphics than we can have right now. And so you kind of knew, but then now looking at it from the next gen, I'm looking at this thing thinking, this doesn't look nearly as good as every other game that we will see in every other press conference and even in Sony's own press conference today. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like, it didn't look that good. And then it wasn't responsive a few times. Like that whenever he's like yelling for the dog to kind of come over and stuff, there's a few times where it was just like a little bit glitchy. It's he's, I don't know. There's, there's a few things about it that were strange to me. They said it's coming out in 2016. So it's not even anywhere near like uh, the place where it needs to be released. Yeah. And maybe we won't see it for another six years. Honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised to find out that, this only exists still because someone didn't want to give up on it and was like, we're powering through. Yeah. It's a good idea. We're going to make it. Yeah. And so they're just powering through, making it with whatever engine it has or has always had. And uh, they're basically like, this is what I wouldn't be surprised because they started it six years ago. There's no way they had even the specs for what they should be, um, what kind of engine they should be running for, yeah. for the, the next generation, all that kind of stuff. Like I, Honestly, like I would, I would bet money that this is a last gen engine, and this is basically being uh, being ported to next gen systems. Yeah, I mean, okay, so from so spe- speaking from a business standpoint, it's been six years they've been employing a studio to make this game. For all we know, it was one guy well, that they stood up in the middle of the conference. I mean, like, but, but Team Eco uh, is supposedly been a like on an entire floor of the Sony building or whatever working on this thing. But it's like, like just even if it was, is one person or even if it is a couple of people, yeah, you're paying all of these people for six years to make a game. Yeah. There, there is very, and you're paying for the, you're paying for a lot of things. I like, they're not going to recoup their money on this thing. I don't, I mean, 
it's after this because even even after the six years, it had been like two years since Shadow of the Colossus had come out before they even announced this the first time. Right. So it's been like eight years since this team has released a game, and so you're not really going to recoup those costs on this game. It's so like I've just wondered for a couple of years of like why not just bring it out, cut your losses, you know, to bring it out and be like, hey, here's the you know here's the game, and. Let's you know, but get it out there. Finally, I, th- I mean, I think that's what they're doing, and I think that's what you know they were trying to make a big deal out of it, you know, this time. But like, honestly, it wasn't even that impressive, and and it would have been better, like honestly, if they hadn't sh- like this was a gameplay trailer. Yeah, uh, they should have shown us like either not shown us anything at all or shown us um, a uh, like a, a, a pre-rendered sequence or something like that. Like yeah. uh, the only reason I think that they led with it is because. This year for e th- for e- for Sony at E3, and we can talk about this a little bit later. We we're going to talk about this toward the end. But yeah. e- uh, this year for Sony was the year of, well, this is what you'll get in a year or yeah. two years. Like this is like everything. Like they don't have uh, many exclusives coming out this year. Yeah, it's all in the future. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like so say they had you know Uncharted was releasing this fall, and they were releasing um, a couple other things this fall. Like we wouldn't see this open up the conference. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I also, the quote from uh, Shuhei Yoshida, like, right after, whenever he, he came on after that, he said, you don't know how long I've waited to reintroduce The Last Guardian. And so it's like, it, this is obvious, and it, it was obvious from, like, the the way that he was saying, it's just like, this has been something that has been hanging over their heads, and, and, and the industry has been asking about this, yeah. and they continuously have come back and said, no, 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 we've got a team working on that. It still is alive. Yeah. We've got a team working on it. And so it's this has been uh, a long road to get it to this point, and so at this, I mean, that if there is something to be like super excited about, it's that this game is still out there. It's it's coming. It's going to be done uh, after it releases in 2016, and then whoever is involved with this can kind of breathe a sigh of relief and move on. Right. You know, it's, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to bring up one of the most surprising announcements. Yeah. This year. I think I know where you're going. From Microsoft. Ooh. It's the backward, backwards compatibility. What? For Xbox 360 games on Xbox One. <laughs> okay. That blew my mind. Did you expect that? No. I, there's no part of me that expected No this. one expected that. Yeah. And uh, the, the claim was made that there will be... Um, a hundred of them by um, this fall when it launches. Right now, in the preview program, like by holiday, I think whenever they or about ho- yes, yeah. holiday. So whenever that that starts for them, a couple months. Yeah. Um, but uh, right now, in the the preview program, members can go ahead and start like testing it, basically. Yeah. And I think there are forty four. Not not sorry. There's not forty four. There was f- uh, what was it? Four times like six. What would that be? That'd be 24. Sure. There's 24, around 20... <laughs> we'll uh, tw- go with that one. 20 to 24 games available right now. Yeah. And uh, it's basically just up to the developers yeah. to say, hey, Microsoft, we want ours available on uh, the Xbox One, backwards compatible. I- any of your digital purchases will just automatically show up as downloads on your Xbox One. Yeah, they said they will... The, the, the automatically... Uh, they will automatically start showing up in your games library. So right. it's like, it'll just happen. Like, it won't be something where, like, all of a sudden... Well, it won't download them. Right. They'll be over, like, on the right where it's like, you know, you can download them. Right. But it's like, I'm going to be checking that, like, every yeah. month or so. It's like, I'm going to be like, oh, can I play... Uh, can I play Bioshock Infinite yet? Can I play Bioshock Infinite yet? Right. Because, like, I've been wanting... Well, that'll only be if, if you have it digitally downloaded. Right. I, I mean, I do. 
Right, okay. Um, but, but it's like all of these free games that we've been having on our Xbox 360s for yeah. the games with gold, it's like that immediately now becomes way more worth it. Yeah. And it's like whenever they release these games with uh, games with gold, it's going to be more imperative that that everybody goes back and says, yes, I want this game on my 360. Yeah. Um, you brought up a couple of interesting questions about this. Yeah. Um, one of them being like if there is a like in in the uh, transition period from Xbox 360 to Xbox One, there were a number of games that were on both consoles. Right. The achievements even were separate right. on both consoles. So like right. there was a 360 achievements and then there were Xbox One achievements. And you were wondering if whenever you uh, basically get the the download. Um, or even Child of Light. Let's just use Child of Light as an example. Like, yep. So for Child of Light, if you bought it on 360 and you upgrade your to your Xbox One, whenever you download that from the store, are you downloading the up-resed, ported-over version of the 360 one? Or are you downloading the the current like or the, the better edition yeah. of the Xbox One version? Yeah, like if I, you know, it's a good question because I think, you know, if, if I'm Ubisoft and I'm saying, okay, this person bought Child of Light, or let's say, you know, Valiant Hearts. They bought yeah. this game on 360. They're going to play it on Xbox One. Do I really want them playing what is arguably probably a worse quality game on Xbox One, or whenever I can just give them the Xbox One version for free? Yeah, they've like already bought it. They, yeah, they already bought it. So in that case, does it does it by default become some sort of cross buy situation like Sony has with between PS3 and PS4 games? Yeah, um, and the. <clears throat> I don't know that Microsoft will word it in that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if developers went ahead and started doing that on their own because I think, you know, for instance, Child of Light, let's use that as an example again. I believe it was cross-buy on um, on PlayStation platforms yes, where if was. you bought it on PlayStation 4, you had it on Vita, you had it on um, PlayStation 3. And so if developers are already doing that in the PlayStation ecosystem, it would make just make easier sense to just do it on the xbox ecosystem correct and it but the, the way you where you fall into like some of these weird scenarios and you brought this up too like uh, this isn't my idea this was yours from uh from a, a while ago you mentioned something like the tomb raider the definitive edition yeah like everybody bought the like if you even if you bought the 360 version of it you still probably bought the definitive edition to play it on your xbox one right so whenever you upgrade it's like is that the same game that i mean i don't think they're probably that that particular uh developer publisher or whatever i don't know if they're going those are, to those say yeah go ahead and port our uh or let a you know hit the button to to switch our 360 version because basically they already have a upgrade path that people have paid for and people right. could pay for so i mean like if if something like that like definitive editions or game of the year editions that are on the new consoles i just wonder how those are going to shake out and i think i mean that's why i think that that microsoft is leaving it up to the to the publishers um to contact them about it but it's you know that's a good question too. i mean i think you know I, I, that was more of a i think this is what they'll do kind of thing you know for instance if let's take bioshock infinite for example um, you mentioned something about finally being able to play Bioshock Infinite on next gen. Right. You won't be able to if 2K is planning on porting it over at some point. Yeah. If they're planning on doing that, they will not let you play the 360 version on Xbox One because they don't want you to get your Xbox One version of Bioshock via that source. They want you to buy buy the version that they're going to 
maybe put out. And so I think it, what will be interesting is looking and seeing, okay, which developers are not putting out which games. Yeah. Those games are probably highly likely to come to the Xbox One, PS4 in some sort of uh, um, up-res Game of the Year edition or something like that, right. like definitive edition. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they do all that um, in the future. But it's super cool. I feel, oh like, it's, I feel like it's a game changer. I, I also feel like it's a move by Microsoft to say, we have a lot of people still playing their 360s, and we're tired of it. We want all these people over playing Xbox One games. Yeah. So... Okay, fine. You can keep all your games, bring them over, but just buy our new console. Right. And I think like it was it was really trans like I love how transparent they were about it because they were like, We didn't know if this was possible, yeah. but we spent the time on it right. and it was possible and we did it. You know, and so it's like I just love the idea of them of, of Phil Spencer just being like, We gotta make this happen, guys. Yeah. And or whoever it was that was just like, We gotta make this happen. And yeah. somebody just kind of cracks the code or whatever. But uh I also thought it was kind of a a uh, pointed remark at Sony whenever they said uh, that we won't charge you for games you already own. Whereas, like the the PlayStation backwards compatibility solution is the PlayStation Now, and like that is a is, is a subscription thing, and so you have to pay for it. And I mean, it's arguably not really a solution. I mean, yeah, because you're streaming it. I've played it. Like, there's a lot of latency. The video quality isn't always that great because it is is rendering everything off site. It's not rendering anything on your box, and uh, and so it's you know a degraded um, game playing experience. And uh, yeah, it is. But like, that's the thing. Like, Microsoft is swinging for the fences this year. They have a lot of yeah. um, a lot of games coming out. Um, this year, this year exclusives, yeah. and then they have um, backwards compatibility coming this year. Like all this, like the I think you know Microsoft's theme all conference long was it's this this year, this this year, this this year, this this year. Oh, also there's something next year, but you're getting this this year. You know, right? Like, you know, it's like I, you're right because it's like they they had a. A, like a slight peppering of games that you won't see for a minute, right? You know, like uh, like Cuphead or or like some of the ID at Xbox stuff that they're working on, which right. all were super intriguing. Right. Um, Ashen looked really cool. Looked like uh, Willow Tree characters came to life and have some adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it's, but it's like some of those, like all of those, were basically hey, 2016. But it's like the vast majority of the large games that they had going, yeah, this year. Yeah. And Sony's conference. While there was a lot of cool stuff and arguably more things that we didn't know about, uh, like the uh, the the Last Guardian, mm-hmm. like um, what's uh, the uh, the one with the spears and stuff. I can't oh, remember the name. I of don't remember what anyway, we talked about earlier. Yeah, the, the one we talked about earlier uh, with the giant mechs, like also Final Fantasy VII remake uh, remake coming to PlayStation first. It'll obviously be on, on Xbox as well, but it's coming to PlayStation first. But all of that is kind of not coming out for a while. Yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, in terms of just how many games were shown, Sony has the upper hand um, over Microsoft. This is the discussion I kind of wanted to end on. Yeah. Um, but um, in terms of like games that are coming out now, Microsoft showed more of those, and they've also said that they have just as many games to show at Gamescom as they had at E3. Yeah. Like so, and honestly, I, th- I feel like Gamescom is going to be more future facing. It's going to be more 2016. Yeah, it's going to be more um, Quantum Break and uh, things we can expect, you know, next year, early on next year. Um, but you know, a lot of like PlayStation stuff, it was great. 
um, the only ones coming out this year were the third-party games that they're focusing on, yeah. which is not they're, a bad... They're getting, they're getting some exclusive content for some of them. Right. It's, it's not a bad strategy. It's a great strategy, in fact, for PlayStation gamers. Um, and, uh, and like, it, it, was, it was exciting, you know, uh, for, in that sense, in that, okay, this, this is healthy. Um, yeah. The biggest uh, grab for PlayStation, I think, is the exclusivity deal with Call of Duty, which um, is huge. Like, ever since 2007... 2007 was whenever um, the exclusivity, exclusivity deal with Microsoft started, um, where they get ex, uh, the map packs first. Like a month. That started with the first Call of Duty. Or sorry, not the first Call of Duty, the first Modern Warfare. There it is. And um, yeah, usually it's like a month ahead of time or something like that. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects both systems. Um, what I think is, you know, the popularity of Call of Duty um, isn't necessarily declining, mm-hmm. um, but it hasn't really increased. And there's so many other things competing for players' attention these days that mm-hmm. it's tough to uh, to keep the same kind of um, momentum going uh, throughout the year. I think people still buy the game. Right. I don't think people are buying the map packs as much. Right. And you look at like the the like outward facing marketing that I uh, that you receive from uh, Activision. Activision, and it, it like with Black Ops 1, it was like, oh, and our player base is growing this month. We have this many more new players. And then in in Black Ops, uh, all the way up until Black Ops 2, like Black Ops 2 was still that way where it's like, we've got more players, we've got more players, we've got more players. And then Ghosts hit, and all of a sudden, all of this... How many players do we have on the network? Right, and we've we've gained this many more people. We've sold this many more copies. All that marketing kind of go like has has gone away uh, since Ghosts, and it's like I don't know that 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 means it's declining. Um, I really don't think it is. I think it's it, if anything, it's just kind of sitting in the same spot. You know, it's yeah. it's just kind of there. You know, it's yeah. like you you have this thing that is just a, a moving vehicle and. It's still moving. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, what happened was, you know, Xbox is looking like, you know, looking at the deal that they made, and you know, Xbox I think made a multi-year deal. Um, it's been eight years. I don't know that it was an eight-year deal, but it was a multi-year deal. Um, and they were like, you know, whatever Activision was asking, they probably didn't want to pay because it's not as beneficial for them anymore, and they don't necessarily need it in terms of. Okay, what exclusive content is coming out over the next couple of years? They look at their games lineup and like, we have a pretty strong games lineup. We don't need this right now. Right. Um, and then you know, Sony's looking at this year, saying, "Man, we don't have any exclusives coming out. We're focusing all of our attention. We've talked about it on the podcast before. We're focusing focusing all of our attention on exclusive content for third party games this year in Batman, uh, Battlefront." Destiny and now Call of Duty, like yeah. they're like, well, we can just snag this up out um, out from underneath Microsoft, and it's this is a multi year deal because mm-hmm. the comment was made in the press conference by I forget who from Treyarch, but he said this is um, the uh, the first year or something like that that mm-hmm. um, uh, that Call of Duty content will be available first on PlayStation. Yeah, and so like this is definitely a multi year deal. Yeah. this is something that's going to stick around for a while. Um, I think the biggest question is whether this could, can will make players jump ship from the Xbox One to PlayStation. Mainly it's a big in, unknown. Mainly in terms of competitive multiplayer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is that's the question because like if you look at the 
PlayStation, uh, the general like PlayStation thing. We were in the in the theater today with uh, with a bunch, you know, hundreds of PlayStation uh, fans, and this announcement did not light their world on fire. Um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, the, the entire audience was like, "Why do we care?" You know, I mean, it was just like it's because it, they're not used to pl- exactly. you know, playing this game. And and most of them kind of look at look at the Xbox exclusivity uh, deal that they, that. Activision had before and were just like, you know, they were just like, ah, why would we care about that anyway? You know, because Call of Duty, it started that exclusivity deal. And I think a lot of people just assume and associate Call of Duty with Xbox. And so all of the Call of Duty players have like have been on Xbox. Right. And so you wonder, like, I don't think it's going to affect PlayStation gamers nearly at all, other than the fact that they're going to have to watch uh, Call of Duty stuff in their press conferences for the next seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, but it is it could potentially affect some of the uh, the hardcore uh, audience that is on Xbox. Yeah, I mean, um, the, it's weird. I mean, that's that's where I think we might see a shift over to PlayStation is in the competitive gaming scene. People who want to like get the maps first and have a competitive edge over everyone else yeah. because they've been playing it for longer. Um, I think that we might see a shift to PlayStation in that specific demographic. Agreed. Um, It'll uh, it'll be interesting to see like what kind of numbers they do or like I don't know just kind of how it affects things. I hope like the bummer part is you know like so all of my friends that I play Call of Duty with are all on Xbox mm-hmm. and that's why it's kind of a bummer because it's like well you know like I'm pro- I want to still play with them I don't know what they're gonna do necessarily I don't know if they're going to stick on Xbox I will still honestly want to play the zombies as soon as they come out but yeah you know like if no one's over there to play with then I'm not gonna do it you know so like right. it's just this weird kind of like we're in this limbo state right now before people kind of figure out what they're gonna do in terms of that game specifically right a um, couple other things that I wanted to, wanted to bring up hollow lens. That was wild. That was nuts. Okay, so so I'm not. I, I haven't really wrapped my mind around the idea of VR yet. Like I, I've I've tried some VR, um, but I haven't really just been like, yes, this is this is going to be a thing. Like this is going to yeah. be the thing. And I realize it is. It's definitely going to be. Um, it's going to ex- be a thing. It's going to be a thing. It may not necessarily be a gaming thing even. Like I see like an educational purpose for it because it's like you can be in a room with you know people demonstrating something without actually being in the room. I mean, there's a lot of lot of good things that can come from VR that will come from VR. But HoloLens was this thing. Like whenever they started demonstrating, I was like, I don't understand this. But then whenever he started playing Minecraft on the table, I was like, "What in the world?" Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm on kind of on the other side. I think it will be a gaming thing in terms like it will be, sorry. They you mean will, VR. V, yeah, that's what I mean. VR will try to be a gaming thing because the companies will try to make it be a gaming thing. Right. Um in in the same way that um motion control was a gaming thing, you right. know, like so it was successful with the Wii, not so much with PlayStation Move, and then definitely not as much with Connect. And so, like, what I don't want is the same kind of full force implementation by you know Sony or by Microsoft because Sony also has the um, what's it called? Um, not Oculus, it's the, the uh, Morpheus. Morpheus. Like so, like what I don't want is both like full implementation by those two companies trying to force it down our throats. We all buy one and then it's not supported. Right. You know, like that's not. I don't want to go through that process again, kind of right. like we did with the Connect and Move. Um, I want very specific um, ways to use these that appeal to me. Yeah. Not this. We need to make this. Um, uh, 
appealing to a broad spectrum of people. Right. And I think like what's interesting about the way that, that both Sony and Microsoft brought up uh, these devices and arguably they're looking at it in different ways. Like Morpheus is a VR thing and you're in this, in this world, completely in this world. Whereas Microsoft's HoloLens is more of like an augmented reality thing um, where you're looking at your living room and in your living room is your living room, but there's additional things there. Um, And so like, but both of them brought it up in such a way as to try to encourage multiplayer and, and Sony didn't really show you how that's possible necessarily other than a multiplayer VR game, but it's like uh, that they that they have planned an exclusive, but like you look at that has been the big thing for me. Like video games it's from their core can be very social experiences can be very like you're playing a game mm-hmm. with somebody. Like you look at pong, the very first video game you were playing with somebody. Um, and so I like I, that's why this appealed to me more so than like a, a hardcore VR thing because it's like while you may have these glasses on and the, and the table looks like Minecraft you're still playing with somebody you, it's not like you're off in your own universe and closed in your own thing I mean maybe um, I don't know I, I honestly don't see as many applications for HoloLens as I do for something like Morpheus there I mean because on, like if we were at E3 I would try to want to try both of them Oculus made a, or sorry, Sony made a big point that if you come try Morpheus, you're going to be trying it with three other people. Right. You're going to be sitting on a couch with three other people playing the same game. And so I, I think they, like you, your, your point is, is legitimate in that, yes, gaming is a social thing. And, and you kind of like automatically think, well, whenever you put on a VR helmet, that you're just kind of in your own kind of world. Mm-hmm. They're trying to break that mold and say, no, this is something yeah. for your whole family. Yeah. But you know, I look at that honestly, and I think this is going to cost me eight hundred dollars. Yeah, these are going to cost two hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, and if I have Actually, four I friends over more. or three friends over, the four of us to play is going to be eight hundred dollars. I think they released like there was some some pricing info on like the Oculus, not on Morpheus, but on Oculus, and I think it was going to be like three hundred, four hundred bucks a, a pop. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it's just wild, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 crazy, and I don't think that you know we're we're nowhere near consumers wanting to spend that much for right. something that has such niche appeal. Correct. You know, but like, at least they're trying, they're innovating, they're seeing what works. And I think they're probably seeing what, um, consumers kind of want with these kinds of demos, you know, yeah. at E3 seeing like, okay, do people, um, react in the way that we think they will whenever they play with other people? Yeah. Does it make it more appealing to use it or to play it? Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, the, so I think the, the difference between like, Something like Morpheus and Hololens, Hololens can you know kind of adapt to your surroundings. You can put stuff on the table and stuff like yeah. that. But those are the only kinds of things that they've talked about. It's cool seeing it in action. Oh, I've yeah. never seen it. Like uh, it's unbelievable to me that that worked. Yeah, and that it even looked decent. Yeah, you it was know? shocking. Like you explain it to me and I'm like, no, that's going to not work. And yeah. it, you're, it's not going to like I'm not stay gonna on be the able, table. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to lean in and see inside this castle. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I guess, you know, having the screen up on the wall is, is kind of cool. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that, that was the part that I was really confused about. I was like, that seems weird. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what's, what's even happening now. Like, why I just is, have a TV. That's exactly. why I have a TV. Right. Why would I buy this right. to project on the wall whenever I have a TV? Right. Um, 
I honestly see more applications for something like Morpheus, where it's like you can get fully immersed in this world. You can look around, like you don't have to like project things on the environment. Yeah, and you know, you know what, with Microsoft in particular, like you look at the Connect, and one of the, I think the reasons the, the Connect like didn't necessarily take off is because like they didn't really like know what it was, because a lot of the marketing with the the Connect was based around like, oh, and we're opening this up to other programmers, and they can do educational tools, and they can make it this, and they can make it that, and it you know. And this kind of feels sort of like that, where it's like, think of like the healthcare uh, type applications for this, like where you can you can look at an x-ray and zoom. You know, it's like there's right. a lot of scans that you can have, like 3D scans and things that you can just like project, zoom in and out of. And it's like, that's just amazing. But that's not gaming per se. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that has lots of educational opportunities. I think it has lots of kind of like industrial oppor- um, applications in terms of, okay, well, like we can... Uh, pull up blueprints that everyone can look at together without actually having them here. We can zoom right. in, zoom out. Um, I think, you know, you could have even luckily, so I do, you know, we both do some audio editing. <laughs> what if we can audio edit with that stuff and we have our waveform just oh, right man. in front of us on the, on the, on the desk. So wild. Yeah. Man. That'd be crazy. And that'd be cool. Be so like to, wild. you know, to pick out things from the, uh, from the waveform and get rid of sounds and stuff like that. Be able to paint inside it to like, yeah, crazy things shop edit and then just like get rid of it yeah just throw it away i would do that all day oh my god i sit there looking like a crazy person oh yeah but it would be amazing <laughs> it'd be awesome um but yeah for, you know as far as gaming applications it's kind of like i i don't know and mm. i it's intriguing because it's like okay what i want is some brilliant minds that are focused on this more than mine you know my 10 minutes worth of thinking about right. it right and be like what can they come up with right like what kind of things can they come up with that will intrigue me yeah and utilizing minecraft as like as the the proof of concept or like whatever this is it's yeah. like that's pretty impressive right you know i mean it's like that's a, that's a good call on their part um but you're right it's it, to see what's coming next and see what somebody else can come up with is probably going to be better what's funny is i think the the biggest announcement in that um presentation that hololens presentation was that i wish it was the community i think it was the community director of minecraft uh, made a comment at the end We'll have more information about the future of Minecraft next month at MineCon. And it's like, okay, that's – I'm more interested <laughs> in that. I know. And what their plan, Microsoft is planning on doing with Minecraft, with Minecraft than I am about HoloLens. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's nuts. Um We'll, we'll find out next we'll month. We'll see. Uh, I did want to mention the Mirror's Edge game. Yes. That game looks amazing, and that yeah. game I will play on day one. Yep. I love the idea of uh, the, the non-gun combat first-person thing yeah. um, of taking out these people with, uh, with kind of this... Kung Fu I mean, the, the first, parkour it's, it's, it's stuff. It's a better version of the first Mirror's Edge. The yeah. first Mirror's Edge was amazing. And plus, uh, red shoes. I just like the idea of like whenever you're running around, you can see your red shoes kick out in front of you every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. It's just a cool I idea. Mean, it looks better than the, the first game. Like Everything kind of like flops around. Yeah. Like Your arms kind of flop around. Your legs kind of flop around. I mean, it looks kind of weird. Yeah. Um, not like a rag doll, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It doesn't look natural. This looks a lot more natural, which is really cool. Well, and like last year, whenever we saw it, we saw like the, uh, what was it, the design dock or whatever, and it was like all of this weird footage of like okay we saw the red shoes that was fine but it was like really con like really like rough stuff basically where it was like hey we're looking at the pre-alpha alpha you know it's right. like this pre anything um and uh this year we just saw a lot more of it and I'm, I'm excited about it uh other thing i wanted to mention notable mention was unravel the mm-hmm. game that uh at ea's conference it mm-hmm. was this uh kind of yarn kind of looking awesome game uh i was intrigued by the whole concept it looked really sad yeah it was yeah it looked <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because this guy's slowly unraveling. Well, yeah, it's like, what happens at the end of the game? Do you I just run know. out of yarn? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. will, I will cry my eyes out. I thought about that, too. Uh, I thought it was even <laughs> funnier whenever the, the presenter w- was talking about how two years ago he was in the woods playing yeah. with Yarn Boy or whatever his yeah, name Yarny. is. Yarny. Yarny. And you're awesome. just like, what in the world are you? Talking dude, about, dude. I love that guy. Like, it was so much fun because, like, I just I thought that he was up there, and it's like this is a this is something that he has uh, put his heart into for like two years or whatever, and he's just like, I've arrived. You know, two years ago I was in amazing the woods with Yarny. Well, he was talking about like he was, he was on vacation with his family, and he was like he had this idea for the for the game, and yeah, he yeah. and he said like, yeah, I just put together a character that I could put together at the time. I imagine I, he just I, probably had a bunch of yarn sitting around. I heard the story. I know the story. <laughs> I just thought it was. You the, thought it was funny. The comment was funny. Yeah, was, it was 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 uh, was curious, humorous. Yeah, I, I just love. I loved the look of that game. I'm excited to play yeah. that one. So, it, I mean, what was funny was not funny. What was cool um, was the game world looked very realistic. Yeah, and then Yarny is obviously not, and so it was cool kind of seeing the two interact together. Yeah, um, for sure. One of my, I think the last thing that I can remember right now, like without going into my notes, and I know we're, we've gone long at this point anyway, but uh, the Microsoft uh, released a new controller. Oh, I'm very intrigued that's by. Right, holy cow! I can't believe we forgot about that. Yeah, it has remappable. All the buttons are remappable. All the joysticks. There's three different kinds of joysticks. Two different kinds of D-pads. You can uh, adjust the triggers so that they're hair trigger um, triggers. You can have a couple different profiles on the actual um, uh, controller. You can store as many as you want in the cloud through an app that you um, control your controller with. You have buttons on the bottom that you can assign. Um, what appears to be sequences of inputs too, and uh, it, uh, dude, like I'm super pumped about that thing, man. I'm buying one for sure. Yeah, dude, it's it's an elite controller, and I love like the swappable parts and things. Like I, it's just it just comes down to of like, okay, so do you do you want to spend the what is that like 150 bucks to to buy it or not? And it's like it, I think it would be worth it. Like if you yeah. really like wanted to wanted to pony up the cash for it, if you just had that liner or whatever, right. It would be worth it. If you do a lot of gaming, if you do especially like competitive gaming, like competitive shooters, right. man, that controller is just going to like help you destroy. Well, even just for comfort level, like sometimes I do wish like my left thumb was higher than it is. So that, like, cause I feel like I end up playing further back on my thumb than I should. But mm. like with this, I could adjust like the height of that, the one joystick right. if I want to without having to go either buy a third party controller that's not necessarily as. Um, compatible or buying some kind of crazy modded controller that I can't trust, you know? And yeah. uh, it's, just, I'm, it's, man, like, I think this is the first time that Microsoft's done something like this. It's really cool to see uh, a nod to the hardcore market like that. Yeah. And it's the first time, like, a first party uh, studio has really come out with a, a really awesome elite controller that yeah. is remappable. Right. And remappable things, like, I always just kind of say, like, what, why, if if there's one feature that every game I feel like should probably have, it's like a remappable controller. Right. Seems like one of them. You know, it's like why, what? How hard would that be? Probably right. not that hard. And so like for people who want to bumper jump, for people who want to play like uh, with uh, what is it called? Uh, Southpaw, like where yeah. you, where you switch the usually Southpaw is available. Yeah, but I mean it's like inverting you know. or inverting the axes, you know that kind of stuff's there right. usually. But they're usually like pre-configured loadouts, and I would just rather it be like, hey, just leave it up to me. You right. know that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So agreed. Now we have it. Boom. And it's available. Like, this is the thing. It's not going to be necessarily different from game to game. Right. Um, you can 
uh, program it to be what you need it to be for every game, and that, that you know every game be the same. Yeah, and you can have uh, you can have uh, like I think there's two profiles on each on the controller that yeah. you can have, uh, so you can just swap back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that we've missed? Uh, I was looking at there's just like diff- different games, like other games, but I mean that's we hit the big ones. So yeah. I want to say that we're we're solid. Other than some of the indie stuff, uh, no mention of Vita. Nope. And the there was one Vita game. I forget which one it was. Right, and they showed a Vita. Yes, they did show a Vita. But they they didn't price cut the Vita and like that sort of thing. Yeah, there were, um, there were some surprises in terms of like no price cuts this year from anyone. Well, Microsoft kind of had their they did their business of being like, hey, we're going to keep it at this price, and for an extra fifty dollars, you can buy one terabyte drive. Um, which I thought that it was interesting that Sony didn't announce a larger hard drive yet. Um, I know that that's probably in the works for them. It's got to be. Uh, so that's probably something that's coming later, like later this month, maybe yeah. Gamescom, maybe later this week. Who knows? But uh, it didn't happen here. Something else that was a, a distinct lack of Red Dead Redemption. Oh my gosh! I don't know if we, did we talk about this on our like expectation show or? Whatever? Oh yeah, you predicted it, or yeah. I predicted it. I predicted it because I wanted to preemptively predict it for you. Yeah. So uh, nope. No Red Dead Redemption. I'm very disappointed. Maybe it'll happen at Gamescom. I, I mean, if I were to bet on which one it would happen at, it's like, it's got to happen at one. Which one does it happen at? I would bet Gamescom because that's uh, in uh, Germany, like in Europe. And so, like, it's closer for Rockstar to go to or for Rockstar to have something at. Rockstar so. is not located in Europe. Uh, aren't they? No. Rockstar no. San Diego is who works on all these. Oh, man. Well, then that is completely incorrect. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, this would have been the one then, Chris. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe next year. Yeah. I mean, I can see it happening at Gamescom, you know, but I don't know. I I I need I would need to look, go back and look and see where um GTA 5 was announced like if it was even announced at a conference. I don't even know if it was. Um I'm trying to remember back. We are both wrong. Rockstar Games, commonly referred to as Rockstar New York City, is located in Broadway in New York City. No, 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 no. Is that, is that the wrong one? That's, that's the wrong Rockstar. Oh, man. Like, hang on. Hang on. We're, gonna do, <laughs> we're both on our phones doing research. We're both going to do this research here. Yeah. Rockstar Games. This is how we find out information. Okay, so it, it looks like Rockstar, the, um, you're right. The, the umbrella for Rockstar Games is in New York City. Yeah. That owns all the Rockstar Games. And Rockstar San Diego does most of the game development. They have one in Scotland that does some uh, uh, like the multiplayer stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, then they have another one in Leeds. It looks like it does quality assurance. And then it looks like they have um, another one that did some handheld stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, there you have it. This this could have been the one. But like they didn't ever have a, like, a, an official press conference. No. But... I don't know when did they like when did they announce GTA? Uh, I don't or did know. they just do it? I feel like like Rockstar doesn't even have to do anything. They don't, they don't have no. to do any conferences. No, they just do what they want. Dude. Yeah, honestly, they, just, they could say, "Hey, we're putting out a game in a week," and people would still flock to the stores and buy it. So I had that thought about, um, and I'll be, I'll say this, and I'll be done. I we we kind of talked about the lack of information about the uh, the Taking King from De- from Bungie for yeah. Destiny, and I I was like, I wonder why they didn't show more. And then I remembered how well their live streams did for the reveal of the last downloadable mm, yeah. expansion on Twitch. Right. They did it like a month-long thing where every single Wednesday they live streamed um, new pieces of it and showed it off. That was probably – that gained them way more press, way more um, uh, eyes on their specific um, thing Agreed, than, than yeah. this would have. Oh, and yeah. So I was like, man, you know, if I had that kind of platform – 
I wouldn't release much information now either. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Rockstar again, same sort of sort of following. I mean, they could just announce that they have stuff coming out. I mean, even before uh, the heists, we knew it was coming for like a year or whatever, but they didn't really tell you what was in heists until like shortly before, and then yeah. it just came out. So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So maybe it just happens, Chris. Maybe just one of these days it happens. We did talk about the uh, the job listings. Uh, did we talk about that on the podcast where yeah, they had the, the online job listings? Yeah. So maybe they they might be a little bit farther out than than I like than we think they are. Like maybe now is not the time to announce. Yeah, um, they could be about a year and a half, two years out, something right. like that. Oh, we forgot on another exclusive. Oh no, no, never mind. We didn't. We didn't talk about that. We did talk about that. Okay. Are we good? Did we we're, cover everything? We're good. Chris? I think we covered. Are you sure? Uh, yes. It's if, been- if we haven't covered anything, go to our Twitter account. It's at Stay on Target Pod. We've been tweeting there all day. Everything's there. Um, John more so uh, later on in the day. <laughs> My phone was down to about four percent, and I was like, if I pull this out in the middle of this thing, it's going to die. Couldn't risk it. I uh, no. Uh, could not risk it. So I mean, you got to save it for the big things. Yeah, we will also be tweeting again um, tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, which is probably when you're listening to this. If you're listening to it later, tough luck. Go back to our Twitter and see what we thought of all this stuff. Oh yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. Like uh, yeah. and 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 yeah, so some definitely some some more stuff worth checking out for yes. sure. Um, and it, if we didn't cover anything and we uh, we really think that it should be covered, we'll cover it next week as well. Whenever we cover, if we didn't cover anything you want to be covered, tweet hey. at us. There's a good one. At Stay on Target Pod. And if you have any questions that you want us to discuss, make sure you tweet at us at Stay on Target Pod. Ha- pa- at Stay on Target Pod. Hashtag yes. Stay on Topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might potentially have some posters. We have some uh, some Mad Max posters over here. We've got yep. some Batman versus Superman posters. We've got, I think, an E3 poster or two that we got from the exclusive Sony E3 we thing. We've got some stickers and things. Yep. Um, we'll uh, if, if we pick your topic uh, after you tweet at us and use that hashtag, then we will send you a poster. Yes. If you t- if you give us an E3 related topic, we will give you the exclusive poster we got for going to the playstation experience there it is dude i think that about covers it it does um this is going to be up for an extra long period of time but that's okay yeah um uh like i said stay tuned next week for our um follow-up to this e3 special e3 episode yeah and uh, we'll talk about square enix and um nintendo a little bit more and anything else that comes out over the course of the uh the conference yeah um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention was we have that, that review, the Jurassic Park review, or Jurassic World, World review, um, from a couple of days ago, so make sure you check that out, too. Yep. Um, be sure you check us out on stayontargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisRight250. And JohnWright777. And at StayOnTargetPod. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on Target. Target.